0: Travelers and weirdos, welcome to another magnificent, rip-roaring episode of Scaring Sam. (laughs) We are your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm James. And I think we chose the best, worst location to record this episode, because this week we are discussing The Strangers.
1: And we're on holiday in the middle of nowhere.
0: (laughs) Yes, so... The plot of the film is thus. A couple are in a remote house in the middle of the woods.
1: Hmm, this seems familiar. Yes. Oh, wait. That's where we are. We're not in a massive house like they are.
0: Yes, we're in a teeny tiny Airbnb place in the middle of Wales, in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of nowhere. And the only difference between us and that film is that, well, one... We're happily engaged, so that couple didn't get that far in their relationship. No, No, they did not. And also, we haven't been besieged by a motley crew of deranged masked individuals. And that's the only difference. Well, the night is still young. We've locked the doors, so...
1: Yes, we've definitely locked the doors. We've definitely checked them more than twice.
0: (laughs) We've closed the blinds and I think we're fine. I think we're fine. So yes, The Strangers. Apparently inspired by true events, it is not, not in the slightest.
1: Okay, that's great. I did ask that question though, didn't I? As soon as it came up on the screen, I was like, is it? I hope it's not.
0: (laughs) It's inspired by the Manson families and the director's childhood where there was these numerous break-ins in his town.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre did the exact same thing made out it was based on true life events why? why use this plot device? does it draw us in? does it make us more invested in the story? does it make us ooh, anticipate what some brutal murder is going to happen in this film? what? what is the appeal?
1: <laughs> I guess in one way um... I guess in one way, by them saying that it's, or did they say it's based or inspired?
0: Inspired by true events. Yeah,
1: so them saying that it's inspired by true events, that in the back of your head, you're then like, oh shit, this could actually happen. Like, this has happened, or something very similar to this has happened.
0: And could happen to you. Yes. So it's meant to make you more scared watching this film, I guess. Yeah. I did like, at the start, you see like, I guess is a point of view shot of just this car driving past all these numerous houses, Mm. and I assume it's the strangers choosing a victim.
1: I only realised it at the end that, oh, okay, so they're then kind of, they're picking the The victim it's because you answer the door
0: (laughs) you are in if someone knocks on your door at 4 p.m or in this case a little bit past 4 p.m in the morning you don't answer the door a.m
1: 4 a.m
0: yeah it's more it's more accessible if you answer the door 4 p.m. Yeah, I mean a bit. <laughs> I mean, you
1: probably won't be in because you'll be working.
0: But <laughs> yeah, probably a prime delivery you like ordered and it turned up early all the time. <laughs> but yeah, if someone knocks on your door at 4 a.m., you're going to ignore that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be like fuck off.
0: You're going to glimpse slightly out your neck curtains to see who it is, but you're not going to answer the door.
1: But by you looking out the window one of them will be looking at the windows to see if there's any movement so you then acknowledge that you're in
0: it depends how they play their game who do they how do they pick the target do you have to answer the door do you have to screw back in the light because <laughs> she they unscrewed the light
1: yeah it's obviously well, what if i don't have a light outside that's got screw and bulb
0: But it's clearly a game to them because they don't just... The strangers don't just murder their victims for all of the night. They toy with them first.
1: Yeah. They are playing with their food. I mean, I know they don't eat them, but...
0: Spoilers, everyone. The couple do die at the end. Why are you winging at me?
1: Because she doesn't die? Mmm,
0: I think she's going to die.
1: I mean, she hasn't died.
0: Well... Maybe it's like one final scream of anguish, and then dies because she has been stabbed multiple times. Speaking of this couple, it is Christian and James. Oh joy, same name as the character. Quite Christian. a sh- Christian, Chris, Kristen,
1: Yeah, not Christian. It's a, and
0: it's felt the same, really. No, it's with a K. Okay christian and Kristen
1: no it's not christian kristin or kirsten or something
0: no there's, there's not kristin
1: i don't know but it's definitely not christian
0: <laughs> anyway it's a strained relationship neither are talking to each other as they drive back to his daddy's little cabin well cabin it's a house. Little?
1: It's not a cabin either, James. It's just a house.
0: <laughs> Kristen, played by Liv Tyler, is crying. We don't know what's happened. And then it's revealed in flashbacks that...
1: She has said no.
0: Yes. James has proposed at someone else's wedding and she turned him down. Yeah.
1: Uh, in the car park, though.
0: You don't propose to someone at someone else's wedding. That's stealing someone else's thunder.
1: Well... You say this. I'm I'm a bit on the shelf about it, but if you discussed it with the bride and groom beforehand and they were well up for it, then why not? Obviously, that didn't happen. And then he's got the ring out in the car park. Oh, that's romantic, isn't it?
0: Well, <laughs> I'm not on the fence of this. Maybe because I'm, I don't know, a bit self-involved. Maybe a bit narcissistic but come this time next year when we are getting married Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there's gonna be two rules a no one wears white at the wedding oh yeah because sam will set you on fire
1: apart from me i can wear white
0: yes you can wear white (laughs) and nobody proposes at our wedding no one is stealing our thunder because you'll be part of the hog roast okay
1: (laughs) are we having a barbecue then
0: I don't know, I keep, getting, I keep forgetting what we're having for our main <laughs> meal. Because apparently, you can't have a roast dinner at our wedding because that's not romantic or that's not wedding-y or whatever the word is.
1: I mean, you can have whatever you want, but everyone gets the same thing, but so...
0: I was shot down when I wanted a roast dinner. Right, anyway. The couple is a little bit strained. Whatever happened in her life, whatever past trauma, maybe... Mum and Dad got divorced at a very young influential age, but she declined his proposal. And he had all this romantic endeavours lined up for the rest of the night, I mean weddings go on for a long time, most people get back home and go to sleep, but now he's got rose petals on the bed, and he has the biggest tub of ice cream I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and the- I spend my life with Sam and she's ice cream obsessed.
1: I mean I did not have big tubs of ice cream.
0: If there was ever tubs that big in the UK I think you would have them in your freezer.
1: I don't think it would fit in the freezer actually.
0: It was that big. Yeah. And he's feeling a bit mopey and down so he's just...
1: As you would be.
0: He's drinking it by the gallon.
1: I don't think he's even letting it melt.
0: (laughs) Although, you see it later on on the table still and it hasn't melted still. So what is that ice cream made of? I think this is a realistic depiction of how a couple would behave after a botched proposal. Except for that weird, sad sex they're about to initiate in.
1: Obviously, they still love each other and they still care for each other. So feelings are still there. But for some reason, she doesn't want to get engaged or married at that particular point so it's kind of a
0: yeah they're likely on the cusp of breaking up as well because he calls his friend Mike to get the hell out of there and then he goes for a drive to clear his head yet there's a lot of drink driving in this film which isn't really highlighted but it happens a lot I don't think this relationship was going to carry on after this night James goes for a drive to clear his head, leaving (laughs) Christian, Kristen, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Kristen, all alone in this house. She's walking around aimlessly. The creepy girl has knocked on the door again, asking where Tamara is. Tamara's not here.
1: She's already been here. Yes,
0: she's already been here. She discovers that the door has been unlocked this entire time yep or at least since james has left because i guess the moral of the story of the strangers is lock your doors that's mm-hmm. what i got from this film Yep, and don't propose at other people's weddings <laughs> so she's wandering around aimlessly and we get the biggest fright from sam perhaps the only real fright from this film yeah when you got what are we going to call him Sackhead? Sackhead... Sackhead? <laughs> sack Sackhead? <laughs> he- sack Sackhead... Sackhead peers out of the darkness behind... Mm-hmm. Liv Tyler. Do you know why this is scary? Why? Well, why did you find it scary? I want to hear your explanation. Because you
1: can't see his face, you can't see the emotions...
0: Okay, understandable, but... Original Halloween, Michael Myers, comes out of the darkness behind Lori Strove. Did you react to the same way? Possibly. Hmm. Quite a big jump which we'll hear now. I wish you had no more cigarettes.
1: Yeah. That's what you've been out to get. Ah!
0: Well it's definitely unlocked the door now. Yep. <laughs> The reason is because of negative space. In terms of cinematography, when there is too much room around the subject of the shot, it naturally makes the viewer unsettled. Like Mm. something might appear at any moment. Imagine you're in, for whatever reason, I don't know, dogging, you're in the woods in the middle of the night. (laughs) Surrounded by empty space you are vulnerable whatever you turn left right north south east up down and start anything anyone can creep up on you you are unsafe that's what a negative shot imposes upon the audience you've got Liv Tyler's character who I can't seem to pronounce properly she's there in his house all alone they can't seem to switch on the overhead lights they rely on lamps and candles to illuminate the place and all of a sudden, this faceless, shapeless mask peers out of the shadows behind her. Sam goes, ooh, i got the willies.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's not the sound I made, but okay.
0: That, I believe, is the reason why you reacted negative space. And then Sam thinks to herself, what is positive space? Is there such thing as positive space? Yeah, it's the opposite when the camera is too close to the character think the descent when the camera is so close to them trapped in the cave and they're feeling claustrophobic
1: mm, okay
0: so that is negative and positive space and after this things kind of go up a gear in terms of the story <laughs> Liv Tyler because i'm not pronouncing her character's name because i keep being corrected she discovers that her phone charger has been cut. The phone line of the house phone has been cut. And she hears noises outside. And then she gets the carving knife. And she doesn't want to get too close to the window. And she like pushes aside and she sees Sackhead staring at her. Basically, this guy has stepped out of the house just to go outside to accomplish this jump scare.
1: Yeah, because... At this point, all they want to do is to scare them.
0: She's hiding in the room. She hears noises. The record player, which irritatingly keeps on skipping, it uh, does,
1: and and it's and it's meant to do that for that very reason, though, isn't it? It's putting us on edge. Like, someone turn the fucking record player off. Like,
0: but obviously, at this point, when someone does, that puts you on then the edge. Then you're even like, on on. oh yeah. shit, someone's in the house. Well, of course, it's James. He's back. He's been allowed back into the house with no clue what's happening. He thinks his... Oh, not fiancé. Is going a bit doolally. <laughs> so he investigates the house like a man. He has to be the man who looks around everywhere. Without turning the lights on as he goes.
1: Of course, we're in a horror film.
0: Oh, of course. So, typical cliche. I'm going to leave the romantic candles on. And the lamps on, even though probably not going to get any now. I know. Not even breakup sex. But they look outside and they see the creepy girl watching the house from outside. This film is really good at using sound to unnerve the audience. Surprisingly, for a horror <laughs> film, not a lot of jump scares. It doesn't need to rely on that. Just sound around the characters to invoke fear.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Here constant knocking on the door, constant dragging of what whatever they're using against buildings and wind chimes and
1: it's it's made to terrify them but it's also kind of niggling and like irritating you.
0: Whereas, like you said there was um points where you can hear because we was listening through headphones.
1: Yeah really good one to watch wearing headphones because you literally hear everything and it's really unnerving
0: but it's immersive though isn't it yeah they step outside and cause they're in the middle of nowhere and to invoke that feeling you hear hoots of owls
1: but it was spooky owls because you had music that was kind of putting you on edge it was like and i'm not going to recreate it now but like
0: so ours, who are really good at timing for tension.
1: Yeah, that was my belly. <laughs> that was my tension. That was tension my tension. Ti- tension timing. Oops.
0: So your belly has good timing as well. Oh yeah. It's not just that you hear footsteps, don't you? You hear crashing. It does add. To the unnerving sensation. And I've said unnerving a lot.
1: Mm. I can imagine if you saw this in the cinema, um, obviously you would have that surround sound, but you'd also have the vibrations of the soundtrack as well. And you know how that kind of affects your body, doesn't Do you get
0: that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's quite disquieting because there's periods in this film where it's like long moments where nothing really happens and it's just quiet and the characters are just nonchalantly trying to deal with this awkward situation in their relationship she's cradling herself in the bath he's gone for a long drive she's all alone no reason to be afraid at the moment and nothing's happening you hear something Mm. and now you're on edge like what was that We've already seen this creepy girl. We know she's out there. That was odd.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: She's looking for a girl in the middle of nowhere. And then she's knocking on the door again. What is going on? And now we're hearing scraping and scratching. And then James discovers his car. is Completely wrecked. Mhm. Someone creeps up on him. Spook him. Touches his hair.
1: Yeah, but literally to spook him.
0: Yeah, they have plenty of opportunities to literally attack this yeah. couple, but they don't.
1: So they they want the thrill of it, don't they? They want to torture their victims.
0: They want to marinate them before they cook them. <laughs> Metaphorically. Once James finally susses on that something's off, someone's playing with them, they try to leave, but then pinup girl prevents them from leaving in the car by ramming it with a pickup truck.
1: How do they think they're going to get away when... I mean, the wires were cut in the car and the tyres are slashed.
0: Yeah, they could still reverse or something. <laughs> but by obviously they now they want to make their presence known.
1: It's like, yeah, you've got to stay here.
0: And they found the time to write hello with lipstick over and over again on the windows. Hello. And then Sackhead breaks down the door with an axe they're now stirring the juices of their fierce stew <laughs> and then they obscure their movements by putting the record player back on and this is a time where Mike turns up yep James's best yeah, friend
1: Mike.
0: yeah he's listened to his voicemail and now gone to save James's arse you know that's what friends are for
1: unfortunately he gets shot in the head by his friend oh, God. he's gonna go quick isn't
0: he unless James accidentally shoots him
1: yeah keep talking <laughs> Oh. turn the music off then call your friends names Don't just walk around aimlessly. Come on. You're going to get shot by a friend. No, no, stop.
0: He's literally going to watch him get shot. Yeah. Or hit him with an ax. It's a no win situation.
1: Call your friend's name. Oh! Yep.
0: Mike's dead.
1: Yep, he didn't have a mask. That was your friend. Do not go out there now though. The masked guy has an axe.
0: But in that moment, anyone would have done the same.
1: Yep. This is a very similar situation that happens in um, the scent, isn't it? They're fearing for their lives. He's gonna shoot whatever's coming through that door. Of course, you're you're fighting for your life at this point, aren't you? I think anyone would do the same thing. I was literally shouting, like, seriously, just keep talking. Like, they'll hear your voice does he know he just creeps up silently and not going to make any noise even though i'm looking for my friends
0: oh no and it's a far more reliable situation to what happens in the descent any moment people could break into your home and it's a no-win situation for mike because sackhead is creeping up on him with that axe as well so if he isn't going to get shot by his friend he's going to get chopped up
1: I mean if he doesn't get killed by his friend then I guess I'll do it okay
0: but he's playing his game he's gonna see how this plays out and it falls into their hands
1: yeah and then he right well one of them writes on
0: on the window killer was it killer or murderer killer be quicker to write than murderer
1: I'm sure it said killer
0: Oh, then that would be quicker to write in a murderer. Now that James has killed his best friend, he now tells his not-fiancé to flee. And they
1: separate.
0: They separate. Another one of the clichés of this film. Oh, yeah. He finds his way outside, and as he goes to shoot Pin-Up Girl, he's attacked by Sackhead.
1: And then we see... what do you call her... the girl with the blonde hair with the no No, Doleface,
0: that's Doleface. Oh,
1: Doleface. Then we see her on the swing, and that actually freaked me out. I don't know why, but it freaked me out.
0: I think it's the creepiness of someone on a swing, a childhood apparatus, in the middle of the night. Just casually... Not a child. Not a child, but casually swinging on it while this carnage is happening but then there's the random ham radio is random they gotta give Liv Tyler something to do she escapes sorry cliche everybody loves a cliche women fall over when running away she's fucked up a foot she's found this ham radio of course it's never going to get through
1: no okay so what would you do in this situation then so, you're trying to find the station, yeah?
0: Someone to contact. A trucker or something.
1: Yeah, you're trying to find someone that's going to pick up, right? So, what are you going to say?
0: Well, there's someone trying to kill me.
1: I mean, I'd be like, help and then address. Help, address. Help, address. Like, <laughs> I'm saying help and then I'm telling you where I need it. Literally, come save me!
0: <laughs> I know they're desperate and they're finding any way to save themselves in this situation but as someone who's watched loads of horror films and I'm assuming a lot of people who've gone to see this film have seen a lot of horror films we know this is fruitless we know this is, I don't know, padding out the runtime. she has to go on her little excursion outside she's separated from her boyfriend not her fiance because you said no sorry <laughs> and she finds this ham radio okay it's not the seventies anymore it's just randomly here it still works they know the whole place is surrounded by not one but three crazy people who are likely going to kill them
1: and at one point I thought there was four
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know where you got a fourth one bro. I don't know and then she hears the creepy hello in the Darkness by Pinup Girl. Hello.
1: That's really creepy.
0: And then she starts dragging something along the side of the building. You hear footsteps as someone runs around. She knows she's in there. She's mm. toying with her. Someone finally gets through to the ham radio. What's going to happen? Of course, one of the crazy masked people are going to destroy it. In other slasher films or home invasion films and then they would try to kill one of the survivors but no they're still toying with their meat so that little excursion outside is utterly pointless but then Doeface finds Kristen Kristen you get a little glimpse of what mask killers do when no one's observing them or when they're off camera they just sit down and take a breather and then make their rounds around the house game before they find their victims but of course then Doeface finds her but doesn't really attack her just once again antagonises her gets a knife starts waving it at her
1: <laughs> literally waving it like Ooh.
0: and it's only Sackhead who's clearly the muscle who then just immobilises the
1: muscle her. that wheezes he needed a break he yeah. had to sit down
0: He's was doing all the hard work I guess mm. yeah he just immobilises her that's the only reason why he's attacking her and now the strangers are done terrorising the couple and are now tied them up
1: yeah and at this point during the film I am actually like what the actual fuck what are we watching
0: what is this torture porn that's what it's called you never heard of torture porn no well there's a subgenre, genre around this time of horror films called torture porn like hostel or human centipede or as we thought saw but wasn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like we've got to this point and there's no survivor. They're just they're just getting stabbed. Just getting stabbed. And
0: there's there's no hope. There's <laughs> very odd moments to this part. It's not just what you expect in a horror film, you know, stabby stab stab, job done makes me questions what is actually happening here what is the modus operandi of these strangers what makes them tick because they wait until it's daylight before it kills them Mm -hmm. that for starters is very odd to see in a horror film of this genre they literally wait they intentionally tie them up and wait until it's daylight before it kills them
1: and they've put her back in her dress yeah so why are they why is she back in her dress
0: like yeah why dress her up
1: Mm.
0: before they kill them they take their masks off they've terrorized them all night they've been these faceless entities they could get away with the crime if there ever was survivors and I suppose they know that there won't be but they remove their masks before killing them we as the audience don't see them they remain these faceless monsters
1: which is really annoying i want to see the faces
0: <laughs> and i guess that's to invoke that in real life they could be anyone you could walk a you could yeah you could walk past them in the street and you wouldn't know mm-hmm. who they were they could just be random people they could go back to the, Life after this. One could be a teacher, one could be a mailman, one could just be a schoolgirl on the school bus going to classes the next day. They could be anyone.
1: They are hiding their identities from us, so then it is the unknown, isn't it?
0: And when you hear reports of a serial killer or a mass murder or cults like the Manson family, until they're caught they could be anyone and I suppose that's the appeal of serial killer documentaries it's the hunt it's trying to find this faceless force of nature and before they're finally given a name and a face and it's revealed to the public they are basically the bogeyman I think the scariest part of this entire film isn't the jump scares isn't the masked weirdos isn't the terrorizing it's the reason why they are doing this, which doe face just simply casually says, "Because you were home.
1: Yep, that's it.
0: There's no rhyme, nor reason for their actions. They have just randomly chose some house where people were occupying it, so we're going to terrorize you, and then we're going to kill you. Your last moments on this earth, are going to be filled with horror and then we're going to end your lives. And I think that in itself is terrifying. And then the film ends with these two Mormon boys investigating the crime scene and then they find Kristen and she suddenly awakes screaming. End. Because you've got to finish on a cheap jump scare.
1: And um, did it make me jump? No, it didn't because I was expecting it
0: no you didn't we have a lot of notable you know frights watching this film yeah I think it was more like a slow burn
1: I mean unnerving
0: film to watch
1: it horrified me I could put myself in in their shoes and their and their deaths it wasn't very nice witnessing that bit because it was quite realistic like what would you do in that moment like
0: well oh, it's very nihilistic in a sense that their deaths are meaningless because the reasons they were killed was meaningless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was just random, It's a random act of violence and we had to bear witness to it. So what, if you was in this situation, you would be the same?
1: I mean what, what else is there?
0: Well there's no win situation is there? When no, there's, there's three not... of them, you're always going to be surrounded by them because there's always one waiting in the wings.
1: But what if they were outnumbered, though?
0: You saying that, there's actually two survivors in the sequel. In the sequel, it's a family of four and two survive. Okay. Spoilers.
1: So, does this have anything to do with Liv Tyler's character? No, it
0: has everything to do with The Strangers, and it's a very interesting sequel in the sense that it's a stark contrast to this first one. It was made... 10 years apart from Mm -hmm. this original for whatever reason they decide to dismiss all the slow burn tension because i guess you can't repeat yourself for the sequel unless you're very lazy seeing as the original was quite innovative for a horror film going down this path they decide to like hark back to an 80s slasher's film yeah and instantly is unrememberable and i don't know if they were aware whilst making this sequel how much of a throwback to an 80s slasher film that it resembled to the point that they really phoned it in they added a bunch of 80s songs to the playlist and had a very very nostalgic 80s soundtrack playing over the film
1: so was it Was it based in the 80s though?
0: No, because it's a sequel to this film because at the end of Mm. it, none of The Strangers survive. They are outwitted by two teenagers and they're the only people who are staying at this trailer park. Hmm. But they don't act like The Strangers in this film. They're not smart, they're not cunning, they don't have everything planned out. They seem to act recklessly you barely see Pin-Up Girl. Sackhead becomes a invincible, unstoppable killer at some point.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It just feels completely redundant, basically. It could be any slasher film, they just decided to call it The Stranger's Prayer at Night. I know, that's probably the most inspired part of the sequel is the title. But you could get completely different masks, call it a completely different film and it would just be a generic slasher film Hmm. and it completely bamboozles me why they went this route after such compelling slow burn horror film so Sam what did you think of this film
1: I thought it was okay
0: only okay
1: just okay Um, I wouldn't watch it again but I would say yeah give it a chance
0: do you want to see the Rotten Tomatoes score go on then Huh. Interesting. Me, assuming this is actually a well renowned horror film, lo and behold, both the tomato meter and the audience score is forty eight percent. That's not great. No. I think it deserves a bit more than that. No?
1: I mean I thought it was okay. I wouldn't watch it again, but I would I would say for people to watch it at least once.
0: But for even even for an okay horror film, giving it forty-eight per cent is harsh.
1: I mean obviously people didn't like it.
0: Maybe they didn't like the downer ending. But that's bold, I'm sorry, that's a bold ending.
1: Do the majority of horror films have some kind of survivor or some kind of hero or something. What? Something kind of lifting it up. Yes. I mean, we know the descent didn't.
0: <laughs> well, you didn't see her die, though, did you? She still survived. She was still alive well, at that moment.
1: Yes, I guess.
0: I think there's okay. al- there's always one survivor, at least. So for everyone to die at the end, or for the good guys to die and the bad guys to survive, mm. that's rare.
1: Maybe people didn't like it because it was more realistic because it's not like they really kind of fought back, is it?
0: You have to take these risks and I'm sorry it doesn't have a happy ending.
1: Well maybe that 48% was 48?
0: Yeah 48%
1: Yeah so maybe that 48% kind of agrees with something along those lines.
0: Okay but if a film like this allows you to go home and appreciate what you have and hug your children and kiss your wife maybe that's the positive you can get out of it, it makes you value what you have hey ho it still had cliches so welcome back everybody loves a cliche everybody loves a cliche women fought over while being chased <laughs> the car never starts well it can only go in reverse
1: yeah
0: Yep. Yeah. the gang split up Yep. Yep. Betrayed by one little sound. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Not turning the lights on. Not
0: turning the lights on.
1: Although they magically turn themselves on at some point, only to be then turned off again.
0: (laughs) The police arrive too late. Yeah. Sex is a death sentence, so is drugs. Well, they almost have sex. Yes. Almost.
1: The knocking on the door stops them.
0: Very awkward, sad sex, which no one wants to see. Definitely. Investigating in the dark. Lo and behold, there's cliches in a horror film. I mean, oh my god, what a surprise.
1: <laughs> oh my god, what a cliche. Ha
0: ha ha ha, <laughs> ha ha ha! So that was The Strangers. Sam thought it was okay. What did you think, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, Is there anyone even listening? I mean, you should be listening. I mean, are we talking into the void? I hope not. So, yes, that was Scaring Sam. We are your hosts.
1: Well, I've forgotten my name, apparently.
0: Oh, my God. How much wine have you drunk?
1: I am lit-tied. Can I drink it? Go
0: ahead. Yay.
1: My name is Sam.
0: And I am James, a.k.a. Big Fudge. I don't...
1: you can find us on Scaring Sam Pod on Instagram and Twitter
0: and you can contact us (laughs) at scaringsampod at gmail.com but will you let's see will you contact us maybe what films would you like us to cover in the future
1: please don't scare me too much but also sometimes I am quite enjoying these so go on then
0: we still got brownies in the fridge. We're gonna be so fat after this holiday. Yeah.
1: So you've been listening to Scaring Sam.
0: Yeah, you stay safe out there tonight. In the darkness where people could terrorize you relentlessly until you lose the will to live. Or maybe you have a hot tub and everything's better. I don't know. Good night. Sleep tight.
1: Ta-da!